Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. In our Who Knows series, looking at uh, stories in the Old Testament and, and asking who knows what God has planned when we follow Him, we're about halfway through on your bookmark, if you've got your treasured bookmark stuck in your Bible, as today we look at Moses. So would you open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 4, and we're going to look at Exodus chapter 4 this morning, verses 10 to 17, and as we open the, the word of the Lord, let's pray together. Lord. We know that we're not staring down at at dead letters on a text. We're hearing from you by your grace. So Lord, as your holy word is read, open our hearts and our minds to see, to understand, to know, and to believe. To the glory of the name of Jesus. Amen. Exodus 4, verses 10 to 17. Hear now the word of the Lord. Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. (laughs) Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put your words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. We're grateful for the word of the Lord. Well, who knows Moses? Sometimes we do what we want to do. Sometimes we do what we don't want to do. Sometimes when after you do what you wanted to do, you regret it. But when you do what you didn't want to do, you look back and see how important it was and you're glad you did it. If you regret doing what you wanted to do, it seems to me that you really on some level didn't want to do it. But if you're happy with doing with what you didn't want to do, then really you on some level wanted to do it. See, you really wanted to do the thing you didn't want to do, but you didn't really want to do the thing you did want to do. That's why you regret wanting to do the thing you did want to do, but are happy doing the thing you didn't want to do, even though you didn't want to do it. Get it? I mean, I think it's perfectly clear. And some of you are regretting wanting to come to church today. But don't worry about that. You'll be happy about it later. And then you'll know that you really wanted to do what you didn't want to do. 
I'm really glad that worked, actually. <laughs> Moses. Yeah, that was easy. Yeah, where's the... Moses didn't want to do what God wanted him to do. Moses didn't want to go where God wanted him to go. But then he did, and he was glad. Life, friends, is lived on two levels. Some call these levels the providence of God and the confusion of mankind. And sometimes we live out the story of our lives day by day. It all just seems confused and muddled on our level. We, we can't make sense of these twists and turns in our story. We think, well, how does that fit? I never wanted that to be part of my story. I never wanted to have anything like that in, in, my, in my story, and I'm confused about how that fits. That should have been in someone else's story, not mine. And somehow God keeps it all together. But on God's level... On God's level, there's no confusion. God is in confident peace. I've heard it described, maybe you've heard this analogy that it's like a Persian rug hand-woven. If you look at it from the underneath, it's just a jumble of colors and yarns all going everywhere. You can't make any sense of it. It's just a mess. It looks like a mess. It is a mess. But if you can look at it from up above, then all of it comes together in beauty and in balance. It all tells a story. We look at our lives from the point of view of human confusion, and it looks like a mess, and sometimes it is a mess. It's full of messy things, things that we would not have, have, written, have written into our own story, wrong turns, unexpected tragedies, mistakes that, that we don't know if we can ever recover. On another level, God is looking down on a life that he loves. God is looking down and shaping a story and forming beauty. We've been saying together these, these weeks, we've said, God is in my story. Can we say that together as a church? God is in my story. Because God gets involved. God cares about our confusion. God enters in our human confusion. In fact, that's Jesus. Jesus is God entering in to our level of, of human confusion, although Jesus never gets lost. That's the thing about Jesus. He can enter into our human confusion and just guide us along in the way because even though he's right there with us, he's never confused. God is in my story. But more powerful still is to, is to catch a glimpse, to capture an inkling of what's up above. When we can catch just an idea of God's view from above and even just the confidence that it exists, that we believe by faith, we believe that God has a view that we don't have, that God sees a life that we don't yet see, that God knows a pattern and a beauty and a resolution of things that we maybe will never see in our lifetime. Maybe we'll only see when we are lifted up to the highest heaven in Christ. But we believe it's there. We trust it's there. God is in my story. But even more so, my story is in God. This is what Esther 
was able to say when she went before the king to risk her life and save her people, who knows, remember, who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. This is what Gideon was able to say when God led Gideon into combat against the odds. When God writes a story, God gets the glory. This is what Jonah said as God propelled him into his ministry. And even the pagan king of Nineveh said, who knows, who knows, but that God might turn and forgive and save an inkling of faith in the up above. And now Moses, Moses, the greatest figure in the Old Testament, Moses who who walked and talked with God, Moses whose face shone with the glory of God, who led the people out of slavery, through parted waters of the Red Sea, who ascended the mountain to bring down the Ten Commandments, who shepherded his people through the wilderness and carried them up to the promised land, Moses. Moses, whose name is synonymous with the Torah and the Old Testament. You know, haven't you read Moses and the prophets and the apostles? He's so great, Moses, that in the letter of Hebrews, the third chapter presents an argument that Moses is better than Jesus. You see, they had to make an argument to say that maybe Jesus is even, excuse me, oh boy, I, I do that backwards. <laughs> that, that they had to make an argument that Jesus is better than Moses, you see, because Moses was so great. So great was this man Moses. So great was his life, his testimony. And if he had it to do for himself, he would have done none of it. He says, God, please, send somebody else. Send somebody else. All Moses could see was the mess, the mess of his life, the mistakes he'd made. All he could see was the mess. Friends, you might think this morning that your life is all confusion and mess. You might think this morning that your life is, is just a, a mess of, of, of pain in every direction. Listen to me. God can write a story. By faith, believe God is writing a story in your life. God can write a story to his glory. And with your life in God's hands, you have no idea how that story is going to end. You have no idea what God is going to do through you to bless others for his glory. I noticed the other day that Moses is on the cover of a Life magazine special edition. Not bad. I think Aaron uh, took that picture. (laughs) Not on his iPhone, it was a Sinai phone. (laughs) We're not quite done. Moses, in fact, uh, you might note, was the first guy to download the Bible on a tablet. Isn't, isn't humor wonderful in sermons? <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice to have some? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, listen. Yeah. See that? See, look at that picture. That picture gives you an idea. You know? 
Who looks like that? Nobody. Nobody looks like that. I don't care how long you've worked on your beard. That's what we think of Moses. I mean, he's, he's like, he's up there. Well, there's a lot of different stories that we could tell about Moses. But I wanted you to see a side of Moses that he's just a guy. He's just a guy like you and me. And when he was confronted with God's call in his life, there's a whole lot of him that said, Lord, please. Moses was just a man. It isn't so much what Moses did, but what God did through Moses that matters. Well, without going through his whole story, his scary birth, you know, the river, the adoption, the flight from Egypt, all of this, we catch up here with Moses in front of the burning bush. God sent an angel to appear to Moses to call him to rescue the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. But if you read back this story, if you want to read it back, you'll see Moses had a list of questions. He asked God, well, who am I? Who am I to rescue and save a nation? And then he asked, well, God, who are you? You know, I don't know you and I don't know your name. What do I call you? And then he asked, well, Lord, who are these people? Who are they? Are they even going to recognize that I'm there to save them, these Hebrews who maybe don't even know me? But finally, as God answered all these questions, God did something else too. And just before our passage in the same chapter, God gave Moses some signs. He did some, some very strange things. Here's a stick, throw it on the ground, it becomes a snake. Put your hand in your, in your cloak and pull it out again. It's covered uh, with a skin disease. You know, that's an unpleasant moment right there. Put it in again, take it out, it's cured. He said, pour water on the, on the ground, it'll become from the Nile, it'll become blood in the sand. What's God doing? God is saying to Moses, listen now. I am involved. Moses, I am am involved in your life. And Moses, when I get involved, I'm not on the same level as you. When I get involved, I get involved as God. Save that now. Save that. So now we come to our passage. Verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and of tongue. He says, he says, excuse me. Excuse me. You've got the wrong guy. I don't talk so good. Right? Like Steve Martin said many years ago, some people have a way with words. Other people... Um, Not halfway. <laughs> That's his final objection. That's Moses' final objection. And his final objection, Moses is thinking in, in human terms, on his terms, he's thinking, well, God, you want me to set my people free from Pharaoh in Egypt? Well, what tools do I have? What means do I have? What power do I have as a man, as a person, to do this task? He thinks, well, maybe, maybe if I was a, a great orator, Maybe if I was a persuasive salesman, then I could use my powers of persuasion. But boy, you'd have to be some kind of a sweet talker to convince Pharaoh to release his entire slave force. And that's not me. To which God answers, verse 11, who gave human beings their mouths? God says, when I get involved, I get involved as God. 
Who made speech? Who, who gave people the ability to speak and to convey communication? Who gave human beings their mouths? Is it not I, the Lord? And then verse 12, so now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. When I get involved, I get involved as God. Now, that's Moses' final objection. We're just reading the last one of a string of them. You can read them back on your own, and that's his last objection, and now we get the actual truth. There is a lot that I like about this verse. Verse 13, here it is. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. You want to say it together? Please send someone else. You know, I just don't have anything more to argue. I don't have anything good to say. I can't convince you, God, to do something else in my life. But Lord, uh, just, just please. I don't want to. I don't want to do it. Just please send someone else. I wonder if you're a person who's ever asked the Lord uh, to be your, your Savior, to be your Lord, the guide, the master of your life. Maybe, you're, maybe you've never done that. You've never given your life over to Jesus in a way that says, guide my life, my life uh, belongs to you, use it as you will. But if you have, if you're someone who has given your life over to Jesus, well, I know that you have been right here. You've been right here. Oh, Jesus, please send someone else. Please. It's too hard. It's, it's too challenging. I can't imagine myself making it. Please, just, I don't have an argument to make. Just please send someone else. We live our lives suspended between human confusion and divine providence. But we're not just tied to one or the other. We're not only tied to the human confusion. We don't, we don't walk around. God made us different. Uh, we don't walk around on all fours scratching at the soil for a little bit of provision and satisfaction. We walk upright with our eyes on the heavens, on the horizon. We walk suspended between this level and that level, between human confusion and the providence of God, and we can see a little bit more. We long for a little bit more, but what we need what we need to do the thing that God has called us to do when it looks hard, when it looks impossible, what we need is faith. Is faith that there is another story, that there is an up above that we can't quite see from where we are. We need faith that up above the confusion, there's another level where God makes sense of it all. We need confidence in what is unseen so that if if we say yes to the thing that's in front of us that's so hard, we believe there's another level, there's another story, you see. Moses, all he could see was the, the, the burning bush not consumed. All he could see was his life exiled exiled from from Egypt, adopted and then shunned the mess that he had left behind. All he could see was himself, a shepherd servant to a foreign man in a foreign land. He couldn't see God's level. He couldn't see that if he did as God said, God would write a story through him that would last for all eternity. Friends, can we trust the up above 
when all around us is mess? Can we trust the beauty that's up above when all we see is the pain of our confusion? We just don't know what God intends to do with our mustard seed of faith. We don't know. We can't see all the ramifications, everything, all the consequences that will filter out from believing, from putting our faith in him. You know, God loves making great things come out of small things. Out of small seeds grow great trees, small things. The Sunday school teacher who makes a point to stop every student every year and have a one-on-one conversation with them and ask, do you know Jesus in your own heart? The elder who makes a point to end vacation early and get back to church to hear the stories of his confirmation students. Small things. The neighbor, the teacher that invests a little bit of time, the friend who speaks of Jesus and offers a prayer. Small things. Or like the story I heard this last week of a gold medal Olympian from the 2000 Sydney Games, Brandon Slay, who was here to visit with us uh, this last week. And he told a story of when he was 22 years old and he was at the Olympic Training Center here in town and a pastor came up to him and said, man, Brandon, you're a great wrestler. You know that, you're a great wrestler. And he said, but what is the purpose of your life? Well, Brandon kind of fell out of his shoes, you know, 22 years old. Small thing, small question. Five words, what is your purpose in life? And that small purpose became a seed that led Brandon to Christ, that became faith in Jesus Christ. Can you trust the beauty of the up above when all you see is mess? Could you tell Peter that when Jesus said you're gonna become a fisher of men, he meant it? Could you tell Paul when he was in chains that the Roman Colosseum where Christians were being martyred was going to have crosses over the door? Could you go back and tell Moses, Moses, you have no idea. You have no idea what God intends. You have no idea what's about to unfold. Just say yes, just do it, just go. A mustard seed of faith and God will unlock doors to tell a beautiful story. Who knows what God intends to do when you put your faith in him. So I think, well, pastor, how do, I, how do I do that? How do I get there? If only I could see the up above, well, then this confusion wouldn't be so hard. It wouldn't be a problem. If I could see what's up there, there would be no issue. Well, listen, you can. In a way, You can. You can see the peace and the beauty of the up above when you look to Jesus Christ. You see, Christ, Christ is the one who carries us through. What do you do when your story is a mess? How do you carry on when there's parts of your story that are are so wrong? How do you carry on when a child is born with a disability? How do you keep moving when a loved one is getting carried away day by day by Alzheimer's? How do you get up and live through the day again when when marriage has become a battleground and and it's pain in every direction and there's no one's right, it's all everyone's wrong? How do you carry on? You look to Jesus. 
Look to Jesus. Jesus knows what is up above, and he knows what is down below. Who can see what's up above? Who has been up above? No one has ascended, only the one who has descended, the Son of God come from heaven. It's Jesus, Jesus, you see, suspended between heaven and earth. That's where we live, suspended between divine providence and human confusion. That's where we walk, and that's exactly where Jesus died. Suspended on the cross between earth and heaven. He knows what's down below and he sees what's up above. How do you trust? How do you have faith to carry on? You look to Jesus. You look to Jesus. And he can show you the way. And I finish with this. I love this. This little bit of this story in verse 17 at the end of this great epiphany, this burning bush moment, one of the most famous moments in human history, verse 17, God says, look at it, but take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. Was he about to leave it behind? You know, (laughs) take the, after all this is resolved, God's resolved all of this, all this back and forth, it's all clarified. Yes, you're gonna go, you're gonna do it. You're the one to save Israel. Yes, Moses, I'm gonna be with you. You're gonna have friends, off you go now. And then Moses was about, to, was he about to leave the staff behind? God says, now wait a minute, take the, you know, that's the thing, you're gonna lean on that. You're gonna, you're gonna part the Red Sea with that. You're gonna face Pharaoh with that. You're gonna need that. Take the staff. No, don't leave that behind. Friends, don't leave the staff behind. Take up your staff. Take up your cross and lean on it. And lean on Christ. Lean on the one who touches the earth and reaches to heaven. Lean on on Jesus. He knows what is down below and he knows what is up above. He knows the story of your life and he can guide you. He can walk with you step by step from human confusion into the glory of God's beauty. Let's pray. Lord, from our point of view, it is very hard to lift our eyes up above the confusion all around us. And it leaves us, Lord, sometimes not wanting to do the right things. So Lord, help us Grant us your staff. Grant us your presence. Send your Holy Spirit. Help us to look to Jesus, to trust him with our lives, that he is the one who knows how to guide our lives straight through the mess and into your glory. Lord, help us to lean on him and to follow day by day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.